This episode is brought to you by Shady Brook Farms. If you're looking for ways to make mealtime healthier in the new year, make your favorite recipes with turkey from Shady Brook Farms. Take the pressure off. Keep it simple and tasty without sacrificing flavor for nutrition. Whether you want a delicious sandwich or a post-workout protein, Shady Brook Farms turkey can do it all. Visit ShadyBrookFarms.com for recipe inspiration and to find retailers near you. Shady Brook Farms. Eat what you love. Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. So today has been one of those days where I am at sort of the crash end of my cycle as I've been trying to figure out how I can regulate my mental and physical health, my experience. I have been coming across more details of connecting the major chemicals, at least the ones that I think about in terms of the big three of what I refer to as happy chemicals dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin, but then there's cortisol. Cortisol is also important, and while I wouldn't necessarily call it a happy chemical, I think the management of it is also what supports happiness. And so this morning I spent a lot of time sort of re-researching these things, because sometimes looking at these things again from a different perspective, from a later point in time, helps me to feel like I can better understand it, and to extract what I really need from it. Because sometimes when you research these things, these chemicals in particular, you can come across highly technical uh, explanations of these things. And that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. I'm not someone who's trying to treat people. I'm not trying to understand like specific receptors and where this receptor goes to this receptor and all this stuff. I'm trying to relate it to my experience. I'm trying to relate it to how I feel as a person and how I can manage my day-to-day mental health, right? So when I was starting my podcast, that was really what the goal was, both to help support other people who are trying to manage their mental health and physical health on a day-to-day basis, but figuring it out for myself as I go along and then share that figuring out process. And I I often say things with a lot of conviction uh, as I figure things out, but then you know I come across new information and figure out new things. And that's why I always am trying to express that there's an there's a disclaimer with everything that I say all the time in that you really need to experiment with this feeling for yourself. Like, what are these chemical reactions? What is giving you proper chemical reactions? And because there's, like, commonalities that we can try to discern or understand through research, and then implementation is different right? Because our bodies are all different. We have allergies. We have different ways that our 
uh, intestines react to different foods or different levels of exertion, you know, we maybe have heart problems and can't push ourselves to a certain level of exertion and releasing certain chemicals that we need to release that make us feel safe, right? One of the biggest things for me has been realizing that the fight flight response has been a major aspect. And I think, I think for me, uh, the, it's coming down to a serotonin and cortisol relationship because dopamine in my life is doing too much. Oxytocin is something where I can find some balance socially with connection. Uh, but serotonin is something that I still kind of struggle with. Whenever I've gone to the doctor, I have, my, my challenge was basically that I needed more omega threes, uh, which is like fish nuts. Um, and, uh, uh, maybe I think, um, I think some recommendations with serotonin was like red meat, cheese, things like that. I don't necessarily want to do cheese cause that hurts my stomach. Red meat almost makes me too intense. <laughs> uh, so when I went pescatarian, like 10 years ago, that was a really great time period for how my body felt. I was doing a lot of exercise and I was in really good rhythm with serotonin. I think it was also where I lived. I was in San Diego. The weather was really comfortable. It was really easy for me to feel like I can land somewhere. Uh, I'm in Rochester, New York now. It's colder most of the time. Uh, it's not necessarily comfortable in that sense. Uh, I, I'm in my apartment more as an older person. Uh, working at home, spending more time indoors, uh, not getting enough light, um, which is usually associated with oxytocin, um, not serotonin, but that aspect is affected as well, right? And that's part of the balance. And what I mean by balance is that I've associated through my own assertion, like I've associated the, those these big three chemicals with the Enneagram instincts, which are social self-preservation and sexual or one-to-one -one bonding, right? You can see the bonding as, uh, as, as oxytocin perhaps, but I, I typically associate it more with pleasure seeking, which is more dopamine. Um, but it can kind of fit both categories. I think oxytocin, I think more fits more neatly into social bonding, uh, the social instinct. And then I think the self-preservation fits neatly into serotonin. And those three connections for me, I think with the Enneagram instincts, if you figure out your instinctual sequence, meaning everyone has an instinctual sequence within the Enneagram, that you have a dominant, which means that you're kind of overdoing that one instinct. You have a secondary, which is sort of a balancing point or a ballast or like the middle of the seesaw, as it were or the, uh, the center of gravity. And then you have a repressed instinct, which is one that you're sort of undervaluing and not doing as much. For me, I overvalue one-to-one -one instinct or pleasure. I undervalue, uh, the serotonin or the, the self-preservation aspect, taking care of myself typically. And then secondarily is social second, uh, being that I'm, uh, when I usually get solid social bonding, physical touch, care, support, I feel calm. That helps me feel like I've landed somewhere. And so there's some relationship I feel to this idea of landing. For me, I'm overdoing it usually. Like my body is on overdrive. I'm uh, almost feeding off of adrenaline constantly, like pushing myself to work, uh, 
I'll listen to high energy music, uh, even as an introvert, like it's not relative to introvert or extroversion, but I push myself too hard in terms of my body's chemicals and I'm not balancing it out with that serotonin release of taking care of my physical chemical needs. So that's really finding the balance is also not just doing more or oxytocin things, which is a good balance, but then also not ignoring the serotonin side. And I'm really feeling the effects of ignoring the serotonin side. My body feels much more physically achy when I finally get a chance to relax. Um, and it's like the way that I think I, I, I approach it is if I'm in flight mode all the time, which is essentially what I feel is my dominant focus, my dominant reaction, my dominant attachment style has always been avoidant as well. Just a lot of flight, a lot of movement. Uh, I, even arch I even archetypically relate to the Hermes archetype. There's lots of movement, lots of energy, lots of flowing. Uh, but at some point, if you're in flight, you have to land somewhere. And I feel that the serotonin part is the body's way of knowing that I've landed somewhere, right? It's the feeling that I have gotten to where I'm going, right? And so if you're perpetually in flight mode, if I'm in perpetually in flight mode and I'm not landing anywhere, then like the body is freaking out. Like we are in such intense danger that we cannot land anywhere. There's no safety. And so that increases cortisol levels, stress levels that leads to all sorts of issues and stuff like that. Right. So uh, I'm not great at the technical details, but in essence, I feel like what I'm landing on for me and that I'm hoping is, is a, a management tool or a form of not necessarily resolution because, you know, our bodies are constantly moving and flowing and cycles and changes and stuff like that. But I can have another thing that I can notice that when I'm dysregulated, this might be why. And so I'm literally sitting outside of Target right now because I'm going to go in and get some omega-3 supplements and um, some nuts, pineapple, uh, might get some salmon. I don't know if I can afford that right now, but, um, uh, you know, something to improve those aspects of my diet. I think eggs help with the, with that too. Uh, and you know, there's all sorts of research you can do to figure out what kind of foods and for serotonin, it is self-preservation needs, right? It's, it's physically taking care of your body, doing exercise, getting good sleep, eating good food. And I feel like the best thing that I can do to start that is eating good food, because if I'm not feeling motivated to exercise, then like that's just setting myself up for failure. So the thing that I can do is, first of all, try to get me some good food and supplements with omega threes and see if that has an impact and effect. I've already felt it this morning also with hydration, like drinking enough water. Uh, I usually leave like a bottle of water in the fridge and then I have one out that I'm actively using and then I swap it out so that I can get better hydration, but I just haven't been keeping up with that really well, uh, the past week or so because I've been kind of hyper-focused on work a little bit and I've sort of ignored this side. And so when I feel like I'm crashing, I feel like this side, this serotonin need, this self-preservation need is calling for my attention is saying, Hey, you need to stop running and you need to settle somewhere. You need to eat something. You need to take care of yourself. Right. Uh, and that's essentially what it's asking of me. And that's what I essentially feel like I'm, I'm needing to do right now. 
there was another point and direction I feel like I was going in, but I kind of lost it. So what I'm essentially landing on is, is needing to go on this path of, of starting to perhaps support my diet first, then I can focus on better sleep. I know all of the things that I can do to get better sleep. Typically the thing that I've struggled with lately when I'm in these sort of manic modes, um, and I'm still calling it for lack of a better word, but it's not quite that. It's more of like a hyper, hyper arousal state. Like my dopamine receptors are like looking for hits all the time. Um, uh, I know that I need to typically like go to sleep before 10 PM, not fall asleep, but lights off, no TV, like sit with my thoughts or cuddle with Molly or, uh, read something or listen to an audiobook or something, something that's just bringing the energy down and focusing on myself and, uh, getting into a circadian rhythm. So that's like the next challenge. And I feel like a, a diet is going to help me with that, right? Like the better diet is going to naturally release the chemicals the way that it needs to naturally release. Right. And then I can get into a better rhythm of, of, you know, feeling the motivation and energy to want to physically take care of myself. Right. And the challenge that I feel is that I'm trying to, it feels like I really have to focus on one and then the other, right? Like when I have to take care of myself, my work gets sacrificed. And then when I focus on work, my physical needs get sacrificed. That's kind of like the seesaw of it all. I feel like I'm doing too much of one and too much of the other, right? And so it's not, again, about necessarily just focusing on oxytocin as the ba balancing point because both of the other chemicals still need the attention. But I think leaning on, on Molly and sharing my story and sharing what I'm doing with people and sharing my dysregulation, I think that actually provides the balancing ballast point, the balancing point as it were, right? That's the way for me to get the oxytocin reward for saying that I need to take care, better care of myself. Then people can help me to keep me accountable for that. And then also notice when I'm overdoing the dopamine side or the sexual side or the, the pleasure seeking side and uh, helping me balance that too. So kind of leaning on the social instinct, the center instinct, the oxytocin side of things to help me balance the other two, but not just saying that that automatically fixes the other chemicals, if that makes sense. So it's an interesting sort of self-experimentation space that I'm kind of landing on relative to all of this work that I've done talking about my experience on the podcast. And, uh, you know, really leaning into noticing now when I'm crashing, it's because I've done too much on the pleasure side. Now I have to take care of myself physically, somatically with water and better food. Usually it's the type of food. In this case, I think I'm pinpointing to the type of food. And so I'm going to go in to the store and get some things that I need, sort of self-experiment with that, see how that feels and see if that sort of kickstarts the cycle that I need to get into for some healthier regulation. So uh, I'm recording this on a separate notes app. I wasn't even sure if I was going to share it with people, but I think I will because of that center social balancing point. I think that's going to be important and I think it could really be helpful potentially. Uh, you can do all sorts of Googling and research to see what kind of like things or foods create 
all sorts of challenges in each of these areas. But I do think food and diet is a really important first step for balancing. And it's going to be different for different people because you're going to have different instinctual sequences in the Enneagram. And I think figuring that out first might be viable to see where maybe you might be dysregulated because some people might be overdoing their serotonin. Like they might be over, like every chemical has its negatives for overdoing it. Right. And underdoing it. Right. And, and I think that's, that regulation is going to be relative to the instincts that you're naturally sort of focused on. So I have been putting a lot of emphasis on these Enneagram instincts because I feel like they are pivotal to getting to know the imbalances that many of us are experiencing and then figuring out how we can get a better balance, right? So I found that most people, like I said, that center point, that center, that secondary instinct is a balancing point. And that may be, you know, that, that may influence how someone approaches their mental health regulation. I don't have things that I can, I can't, I don't have an instruction manual that I can give in that sense, but I'd be curious to see, um, if there's a relationship within yourself that you notice, you know, what is it that you feel like you're overdoing? What do you feel like you're underdoing? What helps you stay accountable, um, and balanced? Like, I'd be curious about that. So I appreciate you and, uh, talk to you later.